Adversity is a gift in disguise, but you can't necessarily see it until you're through it. And then you look back and you say, ah, there was the gift. But you know, here's the the reality. When you're in pain, whether it's emotionally or physically, it is so hard to see past that pain, right? You just want to either get out of it and numb out Or sometimes you fall into just feeling stuck or worse yet in that victim mode. There is a story I want to share with you. Somebody who I worked with, it was really one of the most inspiring um, clients that, and I certainly learned from him too, that I worked with. This guy I met at a conference, so I was speaking and I was talking about confidence and, you know, approaching just in terms of flirtation and, and all of that stuff. And while I was backstage, this strapping young fellow comes up to me and he's, and he, I could see he was kind of shy and he was looking down and he stammered a little as he was speaking. And he said, excuse me, ma'am, I was hoping that I could talk to you. I said, oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you. What's up? And as he was talking, I saw a little bit of a, you know, stuttering going on and he had a a little bit of a, a strange movement in his right arm. But besides that, he was just looking nervous. So I wasn't sure what was going on with him. And he said, I really want to hire you to help me with my confidence. And I said, oh gosh, absolutely. Well, tell me what's going on. So he shared a story with me that was amazing. When he was in college, he actually got in a horrible car accident and he was with all his friends and a couple of couple of those friends unfortunately passed away and he was really, really bad off. I mean, he went into a coma. He lost all feeling in his arms and legs. He couldn't move. And then he also lost his speech and they weren't sure whether or not he would regain any of his functions. But amazingly, he rehabilitated back to normal and he had full speech, full movement after a long, long haul of healing. And there he was standing in front of me saying, you know, I've rehabbed my life back, but there's one thing missing. I said, well, what's that? He said, well, I can't get past this horrific thing that happened to me. And I think that every time I talk to somebody, they don't want to talk to me. So his confidence was completely shot. And this was really showing up in his dating life. So he was having trouble approaching women. He was having trouble even forming deeper relationships because he didn't think that he was capable of it. And it was very clear to me as I was talking to him how much he was still carrying the pain. But more than that, how much he was carrying that story with him. It was like a load of bricks, just so heavy on him. And he was leading with it. So he hired me and we flew off to Vegas for an intensive weekend so that I could help him work on approaching women. I mean, what better place, right? In Vegas. So 
as I was, you know, going around with him and I was seeing how he was approaching women, I saw exactly what was happening. Do you know that when he would approach women, he would actually share his story right away, almost to excuse himself for his speech and, you know, the movement in his hand. And I said to him, I had to give him a little bit of tough love. I said, you know, you're a great guy and everyone's just going to see you're a great guy. But unless, you, you know, you're bringing attention to something that people aren't even aware of until you bring attention to that. This, I said, this is your scarlet letter. You are wearing your scarlet letter and you're, you're actually leading with that story. And I said, cut it out. Just, just approach women. And, and I taught him my whole social engagement formula. I taught him how to have conversations without his story. And it just kind of hit him. And he's like, my God, I didn't realize how much that was preventing me from finding love, from having conversation to having that confidence. And so we worked on his body language. We rewrote his story to one where he wasn't leading with it so that women right away saw what a great guy he was. And I'm happy to say I actually, again, kind of created a monster after that because he got women left and right after that weekend. And he even hooked up with somebody who he ended up dating for a long time. And from that moment on, he, he, he literally, his life changed. And, um, um, I worked with him a couple times after that, and his confidence is so high, and now he helps others with people who have pain and adversity in their life. And it was just, it was such an inspirational thing. And I was thinking to myself, how, how many times do we stop ourselves, right, from pushing past our pain, our scarlet letter that we kind of hold on so dearly to, that we think that that's why, you know, people won't love us. It could be because we're divorced. It could be because, oh my gosh, I, I've never been married. It could be, I'm a widow, you know, whatever your scarlet letter, your pain is. So I really want to dive into this today. And I, I couldn't think of anyone more perfect to talk about this particular issue than this amazing man who I had the privilege of meeting at actually my health club. So Here's a little bit about this guy. More than 20 years of designing and implementing personal and group training exercise programs. He is an incredible resource and motivator for anyone seeking to change his or her life through fitness. He is a fitness trainer for everyone from professional athletes and celebrities to weight loss clients and physically challenged individuals. Known for his high energy approach and positive outlook, which I see every week, he also works as a motivational speaker, inspiring others to change their lives for the better through fitness and healthy lifestyle. He most recently worked as a trainer on a weight loss show from the producers of The Biggest Loser and He's been interviewed and quoted in Shape Magazine, MSNBC, as well as Newsweek Online. Now, here's the thing. In October in 2012, something really significant happened to him, besides being this amazing guy, which I'm actually going to have him share with you because I believe after a long period of rehabilitation, he is stronger than ever, and that is what drives and inspires his work with others today. And now I get to experience this every Thursday in class at Equinox here in Santa Monica 
Welcome, Stephen Maresca. Uh, is it okay that I love and hate you all at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad there's a little bit more love, though, in your face. Sometimes the hate comes through, but you know, I definitely see the love in you in class, and I love it. <laughs> well, I mean, you really, like, embody, <laughs> if there isn't any pain, there is no gain, for sure. So, I, mm -hmm. I your story... It just touched me mm -hmm. and I've known, I've known you for a little bit now, just in class. Mm -hmm. Now I'm getting to know you even more. And I would love for you to share your story because I do think it can inspire so many people, no matter what kind of pain they are in. Well, uh, like you said, in 2012, I was out at the beach with my wife and it was just the two of us up in Malibu. And uh, had been surfing in the morning and uh, had uh, one more surf session in me. So I told my wife, I'm going to go out for another uh, session. And uh, so I was out there, I took a wave and um, the wave kind of threw me into the sandbar and I kind of went uh, with my head first into the sandbar and it um, broke my neck. And uh, it broke my neck in the way that it's called the subluxation of my uh, fifth vertebrae, which means my vertebrae jumped into my spinal canal and kinked my spinal cord. So um, immediately I lost the ability to use my arms and legs. I could kind of, I could mm. uh, kind of throw them up and then down, but I didn't have any fine motor skills, so I couldn't stand. I call it spaghetti. I became spaghetti. And oh. um, like you said, I've been in the field enough of fitness and know my body and hurt my body enough that realized that this wasn't really one of those things I'm walking away without, you know, assistance or, or, or where it was going to go. And so I was in the very paralleling position where if my wife, I was screaming and cause I was going to drown because I couldn't swim. And I just remember seeing her and you were talking about these relationships and I haven't really been asked a lot about it but now that we're doing this you know I she is my has always been my special angel and everything but it was very helpless where she was far enough away where she wasn't really hearing me scream and I was being rolled in the waves and I could feel myself getting weaker and weaker and finally I saw that she noticed something was up and she's been with me enough and I've hurt myself enough that she's like oh now what did he do you know but then right you could see I was in a different type of trouble so I call her my Baywatch girl and her her bikini was black not red and <laughs> she started to turn down the beach and um it I gotta tell you that you know and just talking to you right now it, there was this calmness too that when I saw her in and saw her moving towards me that I realized that you know, I was gonna, I was gonna be okay to the degree that I wasn't gonna at least drown right there. And she pulled me from the water and she does no CPR and first aid, she actually teaches it and stuff and things. So she knew, and I just told her, I think I broke my neck. And so she stabilized me and uh, by chance there was an off-duty lifeguard. He ended up uh, seeing that she needed help. They, they came down to so the uh, lifeguards from, uh, Malibu came, got me, and then uh, the uh, fire department from uh, Station 69 in Malibu, they were the next people on top of me, and longer story shorter, uh, I ended up at UCLA um, Neurological Emergency Center, where um, I went in knowing that I, I mean, could feel some things in my body, you know, my extremities, and they were going to try and relocate my spine. I was always going to have to go into surgery. 
uh, to be, you know, fused, but they were trying to do that without having to knock me out first. But then all of a sudden I lost feeling. <clears throat> they did a neurological test and while I was there, I could feel like the pinprick, but then all of a sudden I couldn't feel it anymore. And my spinal cord was swelling and I was in danger of uh, being a quadriplegic because my spinal cord probably would have swelled to the point where it severed. So they rushed me into uh, emergency surgery and Dr. Liu and his staff um, at 12.30 a.m. in the morning for six and a half hours put me back together, uh, relocated my spine, fused my four, five, and six grinded up some bone and sprinkled that on and sewed me up. And the way I was told to me is they went to Cindy, my wife, and said that, you know, they're cautiously, cautiously optimistic, but they have no idea and uh, what I was going to be uh, after I came to. And I remember going under thinking like, you know, I don't know what to expect. I thought I was in good hands. And when I came out in the ICU, I, Look, I remember looking at my big right toe and I could wiggle it. And I right, mm. all right, do that. And I passed out and go, all right, if you're going to give me that, then that was kind of the, the start of my journey uh, back to coming and kicking butt with you in class. So it's been a, oh. a, a very, um, you know, very ups and downs in some ways, but it's been a journey that, um, you know, has definitely um, made me grow and definitely a lot of my philosophies of life has always been glass half full, but it's a, it's a little fuller. <laughs> oh my God. That. And boys, I mean, if those of you could see this guy today, I mean, you are just a rock. No one, I mean, you would never know that this happened to you. So it's, it, your rehab is truly amazing. Just, and, and yeah. not just on the outside, but the inside too. It sounds like there was a transformation that happened. You know, it, it, I always say for it's sure. symbiotic for sure. Um, so mm -hmm. you said there were ups and downs, like when, when you were down, you know, in that pain, right. like w what were some of the, the things that you were going through? Like what were some of the you know, challenges you were having at the time? Did, I mean, I'm sure you wanted to quit at, at points. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, Kimberly, it's, it was one of those things. I, before, I used to work uh, closely with the physically and mentally disabled. So I've had mm -hmm. experience in dealing with people who are, you know, well, you know, from spina bifida to, you know, a tragic accidents such as mine uh, that will never have the ability to so to walk again or, you know, do even the basic needs. So it was very even clearer that of what a state that I was in, uh, that, you know, there's a chance that those things, I was going to need assistance the rest of my life. And it was, it was a kind of an underlying drive that I said that no matter, I mean, whatever I'm given, whatever my body responds to within the rehab, you know, I'm going to take full, full heartedly and work to my my um, fullest to be the best I can now whatever that would be you know my doctor said I won the lottery which I mm -hmm. felt like that already Mary Mary my wife and saved my life. she Aww. had her <laughs> but she um, you know it's like you should be in a wheelchair with a breathing tube and the fact that I'm doing what I'm doing in teaching class is is a miracle but yeah I mean it was I remember sitting up for the first time when they sat me up about two weeks into my, um, after they had put me back together, I just literally just sat up in a chair or sat up in my bed upright and for probably about 20 minutes. And it mm -hmm. felt like I, I ran a marathon three times over. I slept for almost 14 hours 
immediately after. So I didn't, I didn't realize to the degree of just how, I think that was the most stubborn thing, just how much it's going to take for me to get back to whatever degree that was. And that was scary because I always thought I could champ up and be able to, to do anything for that matter. And it made me very, um, um, I was very sobering and stuff. So yeah, it's, it was definitely scary and it's with I think what it was is seeing others when I go hey man I'm going to be fine and stuff and then you look at other people come and visit you and you see the look in their faces and stuff mm-hmm. and you're like oh I guess I'm a little more a little more jacked up than I think I am <laughs> so, but. well no I mean that's why I'm asking and I think you know no matter <laughs> what kind of pain people have been in I mean I think we've all experienced different levels of pain as I was saying in the beginning both emotional and physical right. and when you're in that state, it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole of wanting to give up to feeling sorry for yourself to, you know, especially with something like what happened to you to, it's like, how can you even see past it? Right. And it sounds like, you know, just sitting there in that wheelchair, knowing how much breath it took for that, where before you were running a marathons practically. And so, you know, I, and I think that's important. You know, I was, I was working with a client, um, actually, and, and, and still ongoing, but it's so much better. And she has a very debilitating illness and it really makes it hard for her to date because she gets tired a lot. I mean, it's very real, you know, the, her health issues, but in the same time, her brain plays tricks on her and can, it, it, she can easily fall into that sick mode even when she's not as sick because right. she's just sick of the fight, so to speak, right? And so yeah. <laughs> I wondered if that happened to you. And I want to talk yeah. a little bit, especially as everyone's listening and thinking about their own pain. Like, how do you, how do we get past it? Like, what did you do? I, I think for me and what I also do even within my feel the work it's one of the uh, practices that I really try and bring to people Um, and what I used on myself wise is Mm -hmm. we always think about the end game you know it's it's I got this little saying I call it the the alphabet training Uh. people want to go from a right to z they want to be at that summit immediately and for me (sighs) and what I really really talk to people about and what I did for myself is I didn't think about me being back out and surfing and stuff like that. What I thought about is what is my body allowing me right this, in this second? Or what is that therapist asking me what to do? Like an example, I remember the first time a therapist asked me as I started to get better and started moving more, it's just one thing that stands out. He's like, I want you to do a lunge. And I hadn't barely even walked. And I looked at him and I do on your Excuse me, on the podcast, I will not swear. I'll try my best. But oh, you can I, you swear. Know, Come on. That doesn't always happen in, in class and stuff. But I said that, you know, I go, I looked at him and go, I know how freaking hard a lunge is. And I go, I'm going to give it an effort, but I, I really don't think this is going to happen. But then right. after saying that and the nervousness of that, I, I put that all aside and just focused on the immediate task. And I think those mm. things that make it more tangible it's so big weight loss, you know, Hey, I want to lose 70 pounds. Well, you know, that's a huge number, you know, and I, and they want it next week or last week, you know, it's like, well, you got to go through steps. And for me, I think that's the beauty of life 
and mm-hmm. is the journey. It's such a cliche, but you go through that alphabet. Now you build a foundation that you can build upon. You've experienced things that, that you know, if you just skipped right to the end, you wouldn't truly know what it takes to have those ups and downs. And I think the, the biggest thing is you need a support system. You know, those that are around mm-hmm. there that are very positive individuals and you need to stay very um, surface based with understanding what you're doing and the, the journey you're on and what you're wanting to accomplish and understand mm-hmm. that there are going to be steps. If you're, you'll kid yourself that, you know, I, oh, I'm going to be walking again and surfing again. When I first happened, I never, I never thought I was going to walk again. So the fact that I didn't worry about, hey, I'm not going to walk in. I just worried about what I, picking up my arm and and scratching my head for the first time. You know, it. You know, that was a huge thing. So I think making it more tangible, um, attainable goals, and don't look at the end point is really something that I I try to promote both myself and to the others that I deal with. And you know that in my class. Oh my God, care. boy, do I know that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right, yeah. because there's things you know you don't do because hey, my body should whether it's in injury ways or base, but there's a lot of things that you can do, and we take care of you that way instead of worrying about hey, I can't do that. Hey, let's not worry about that. This is what you can do. Let's do that 100. percent You know, I love love that, and you know, I know that I've grown because I remember when I was younger, and I, obviously I had a different different body and stamina than <laughs> I could do, right? <clears throat> but um. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, right? I remember like I I was just so raring to go. I was I would go to every class and you know, it was about jumping higher and running stronger and like I would look at the person next to me and I would say I'm going to like overdo that person and you know, I just remember this like high energy and competitiveness I would have within myself and thinking that that was a better workout. And to Mm -hmm. your point, and what I've learned even from you and just with my body, and of course, adversity happened to me. I had had a cyst in my spine, which actually, and I've shared this with you, it really prevented me from doing that hard work and running harder. In fact, I can't run anymore. But what it allows me to do is to slow down. And I actually Mm -hmm. believe that my workouts are better than ever because of it, because I'm able to... To, yeah, keep my eye on the ball and it just achieve the goals that I can that's right for me. And I think that is so beautiful. In fact, you know, it's funny because I, when, and how this applies to dating, I tell my clients to create a accomplishment chart. And what I do is I have them write all their obtainable and tangible goals, like you said, that we come up with, but something that is that they feel like they can do. And every time they have a, a small win, they write it down so that they can see mm. the progress that they're making. Because you're right, like even with dating, what I find happens is that, you know, men and women come to me and say, find my soulmate. I want a baby. <laughs> you know, like they're overshooting. Like, yeah. okay, we'll get there. But we're going to put that on the bookshelf for now. And what can we do right. like right now to start working on that? 
I always say it's yeah. like, you know, life is, is like a marathon, right? You can't mm-hmm. race yeah. to the finish line. You'll get hurt. You'll fall down. You have to pace yourself. You have to exercise. And that's what I think you just spelled out so beautifully. So I love, love, love those tips. Was, yeah. were there, was there anything else yeah. that helped you get past some of this pain and rehabilitate? Well, I just really some on that marathon thing too, you know, the sprint, you know, if you ever, it's mean, yeah. the difference between driving through the neighborhood in a car really fast and walking, you miss a lot of stuff. Oh. Yeah, you might get there a little bit quicker, but you know what? Yes. There's some really rad things that you get to experience when you get to slow your roll, I call it, and experience in that. And that I think is what, as especially in a society as such we are now, that that is what fills your person, and it, it does open yourself to different things because you might be walking down that that road and have it. No, and there's a different road in the midst that you would have not even seen. That is even a maybe a better road and stuff that you would have blown right by because you're sprinting by it instead of cruising and, and soaking up what's around you and stuff. So I think, I think too, for me is, and I can only speak for myself, like what were the motivational things is I had such a great support system that was there Mm -hmm. that there was part of me. I didn't, I, I was getting better for not just myself or others. And because I saw how I deal with people and how it affects them. And so I, I, there, I put those positive uh, strength in, um, you know, uh, you know, and seeing people and hearing from people who I didn't even know throwing out, you know, energy into the, the universe per se. You know, I, I listen to anybody. I think that's the other thing. Don't pigeonhole yourself on, this is the only way to get to that end point. Oh, You've got to be open yes. to different things because you know, that I think too, you grow from that, but there's other ways that if your body's only known this one way, as soon as you try something different, you have to adapt to it. You grow, right? And that mm-hmm. path might be the clearer path and you've you got to be open to that. And I, you know, and I, I, I always, it's always hard. I just got to tell people, this is what helped me. I understand there's many different ways. I will give you the things that I, that help me to stay moving and, and being successful and what my view is on the, on this life program and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think it's such a charitable thing. I think there's no excuses because I have been there and that's the hardest thing. I wish in a sense, I didn't have a story, but I know what it's like when you can't move and when somebody <sighs> yeah. I know can move, to whatever degree and they don't it's I don't have the excuses that oh you know I'm lazy or th- or this or that or you know hey the weather no there's people mm-hmm. like I told you I know that would go give anything to walk outside when it's thunder raining for one minute so let's look for some other ways to make sure that you are taking advantage of the gift that you have and stuff I love that because I was just going to ask you, you know, this, this has a lot to do with, well, I was talking about victim mode, right? Like you can, you, there's two ways. And I know that's just in my own story. I mean, people have been listening to my podcast, know my story. I'm, they're probably sick of it by now, but just to highlight, yeah, I was going down a really bad, like victim mode mentality where it was like, woe is me. You know, I'm the poor divorcee. No one will love me. Um, I, you know, I'm bad news. I baggage, blah, blah, blah. Like, and what we tell ourselves and just like with the client that I talked about, 
what we tell ourselves in our brain, we will make our that true for ourselves too, by the way. Mm-hmm. So Very it's like, so. right. It's like, so I always say, be careful of what you tell yourself because you are <laughs> going to make it true, <laughs> you know, and you'll find exactly. ways to actually create situations that make that true as well. And so, you know, I know this with working with a lot of people who have had like a history of abuse, say, and what, what ends up happening is they stay in the cycle of abuse. So they pick situations where they are the victim to abuse. And it's not that they're doing that intentionally, you know, it's, it's really, I mean, the mind, you know, so powerful and, but it's, it's a way of trying to almost recreate something and have it, be a different outcome. But yet, if you're in that victim mode and you're, you're not looking at ways to get out of that, you'll create that situation over and over and over again. It's like Groundhog's Day, right? It's like it's the, really, same, oh. it's the same moving <laughs> over and over again. So, um, right. yeah, I think that's really important what you, you just said. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, so like when you found yourself going into that victim mode, right? Like, or just like the woe is me thing. How, how can someone shift their mindset or how did you shift your mindset to get out of that so that it was more of one that was of abundance and also where you felt grateful? Because that's what you and I talked about in class the other day about how now it's actually to be grateful for some of these things that were back then horrific. Right. You know what? I, I think one of the, the things that I, a lot of people truly don't um, do is, is ask for help. You know, oh, I think a lot yes. of times, you know, and ask for, and genuinely ask for help. You know, people, and I don't know if it's our American society. My, my wife and I have, I had this experience when we were in Italy and, you know, you know, you small talk like, oh, yeah, well, we should go together and do that sometime. Well, we just say that to be whether it's, we think it's to be nice or we just, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know what else. To do. But if you really mean that we were in Italy and we said that to a, a gentleman, he goes, all right, we'll see you tonight or where tomorrow. What's like, you know, we kind of step back. It's like, you know, you if you're serious about that, you know, they're then ask those people if they said they want to help, then it's call upon that. And those that do say, hey, I want to help, if you truly are not willing to go to bat <laughs> for those individuals, then don't say that and find other ways. But I think a lot for me was that willingness to realize that, you know, I can't do this on my own. I really need to, to exhaust every avenue that is going to help me get through this. And I think that that is really what helped me and what I tell people is surround yourself with that. You know, like I told you, I, I listen to every different spiritual type of individual. I've grown up as a Catholic. Yeah, I listen mm-hmm. to a priest. I listen to a rabbi. I listen to Buddha. I just listen to any, anybody who had positive affirmations and positive feedback and, and things to look at life in a different way. My wife, I can't, I can't ever thank her enough. And it gets, I don't want to get all emotional on this because even after I, she was, absolutely the one that I could look in her eyes and no matter how bad she might be feeling and what she saw about me and what the state I was in she never once let on to that that she was as scared as she was or you know, or what was going on to her because she knew that I needed the strength for somebody to say you're going to be fine I got you you don't have to worry about anything else other than you just do whatever it takes to get you back to the health that you you can get to 
And I, and I think that's, you know, and I know you're about relationships and Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, man, it's, it is the raddest thing when you can look at another human being and realize that with, without even having to say a word that that person is their rain or shine at any cost. And um, so that I called upon and I, you know, now you're asking me like, what were the things? That's how I really yeah. went. I went for those that wanted to help. I took advantage of it in the sense that I need help with this. And, you know, and some people was, hey, I don't know anything other than I have the ability financially. I know that you guys are in a situation. What can I do with that? I mean, and that's very hard, you know, for it some is. people. But, you know, but at the same time, you know, we got one shot at this line, <laughs> and it's mm. you know, and and those people that have did the help that they did with me, there's you know the things that I've been able to return to them, and how our relationships and our friendships and whatever has grown to something that I never thought, you know. So I'm very thankful. Stephen, so I, I, I love that. I love it. And you know, I just want to stop and pause on what you just said. I mean, you, you, there's so many gold nuggets there, but the the fact of reaching out for help is such a simple tip in in ways of getting out of that victim mode is so powerful because i know a lot of you listening are over caretakers are ones where mm-hmm. you take care of other people where you forget to take care of yourself and receive and ask for the help that you need. And when you are in pain and when times are tough, this is exactly the time to receive, to ask for help. Because I, it, so many people find that that very thing that you just said so difficult. And I feel that, you know, that, and, and I can also just hear people gushing when they hear about you talking about your wife and and thinking I want that. Well, part of how to get that is to ask for that, you know, and to allow that kind of, you know, relationship into your life. So that that was just that was beautiful. My God, I could talk to you literally for, for like hours about hours. I was just like so I I've one like kind of final question for you. So like, how would you say this whole experience have made you stronger overall, like in your maybe work, your relationships, just, just overall? Uh, Yeah. You know, I, I kind of touched on it earlier, you know, and it's, everything's that much sweeter that, you know, and what it's done for me is I do not, and I've always been this in a sense. And it's just that I don't, I don't let it, the, the days go by where, you know, I don't at least do one thing that maybe is a little bit out of my comfort zone to just experience life a little more. I'm lucky enough. And I just, and this is, I just know this is going to sound sappy and say, I never let a day go by that. I don't write my wife a note or tell her, look her straight in the eye and tell her how much I love her, even though I might drive her nuts or whatever, mm-hmm. or, but she, you know, I, I really feel that the, the things that have made my life what they are, and I have the ability to make them aware of that. And sometimes it's just a look that this really brought it to the forefront, my, my injury or my, my, you know, event and everything that it can be taken away in a millisecond. I was surfing and I'd like to tell you, I was surfing a wave that was 20 feet high. It was a three foot wave. So it wasn't that it was this huge perilous. Wow. So it can happen to anything. So I really try and tell it's a, the, again, it's the cliche, just grab this life, man. Don't, don't let it, don't let it, don't leave this 
earth or whatever, not knowing that, you know what, I wish I would have done a little bit more of this in that, you know, or I wish I would have, you know, tried to get out of my comfort zone, do it. And I got to tell you, it's really rad, <laughs> you know, to see it's really, I mean, come on. I see you yes. in a class that I tell you, you guys are my peeps and I see you guys once a week, but the, the joy that I get to see that how hard you guys work and the, the mm-hmm. fun we have and the laugh and the sweat is, is everything. So I just, I just will never, as long as I have the ability to, is I will always give forth as much as I can to this life um, to whatever degree or whatever situation that is. Sometimes yeah. that's just chilling on the, the couch with the dog too, though. Yes. <laughs> oh, I, it's the small the things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Well, and I, and I love you too, even when you give me 15 <laughs> extra push-ups, because I know oh, it's not a love. <laughs> I know, especially after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. I'm going to be suffering and pain and pleasure after this. So, Stephen, I love it. Thank you. I, I want to just oh, recap. My pleasure some amazing tips that you gave just so that, you know, the listeners can really take this, you know, to heart. I mean, I think the first thing you said is don't overshoot your goals, right? Like keep your eye on what you can do right now, make them obtainable, tangible things so that you can start feeling the wins. Because let me tell you, those little wins add up to the bigger picture. It it adds up to the love. It adds to the confidence. You know, all the things that you want to achieve that seem so out of reach can be obtainable when you just, you know, break them down. The second thing you said is the support system. That is ginormous. And I always tell like single people, as much as, and, and no, no offense to you, as much as the <laughs> married folks are lovely people, um, if you're right. single, get some other single, you know, wing yeah. gals and, and guys in your life, you know, support system who, who can lift you up, who understand where you're coming from so that when you have times of adversity to push you through it. Um, the other thing I love that you said was just, it's almost like, and I tell my clients this too, make a mission statement for yourself. What is it that you want to do and accomplish right now instead of, you know, what it is that you can't do? What can you do? The other thing right. you said I love is slow down slow down, smell the roses. You never know who you're going to see when you do that. And I tell people, well, and I tell my ladies all the time, do you know how many guys are checking you out and you don't even know it? What if you knew that guy in the corner was checking you out and you embraced it and then you actually said hi to him? A lot of magic happens from that. And then um, ask for help. Oh, that's so good. Ask for help. Finally, uh, and this kind of just as the, you know, you were saying about your wife with the letter and the gratitude that you have towards her, all of you every day, give thanks to what you have in your life. Give thanks to the things that you can do with your health, what you can do with your body, what you can do, um, even the relationships that you currently have, because when you focus on the good, more good comes out of that. So Stephen, thank you so much. Um, any last words? Well, I really appreciate- 
No, I just, I'm stoked that uh, you wanted me to come on. And I do, I do the, uh, I'm doing that thing on Instagram and the Maresca way. So there's some of those right. things it's called the Maresca way those. And, you know, in those, you'll see, if you see the type of individual, what I try to throw out there with even in the fitness arena. So, you know, if you ever had, or if people have questions about it, they can always reach out on my end as well too. But I really appreciate you wanting me to come on and hang out with you and, like I said, there'll be plenty of extra love coming at Tough Love next week for you. I know. <laughs> oh, good thing I'll be out of town. Maybe I'll escape. Oh, I? <laughs> I'm going to need to see your, your itinerary. I know. I know for proof, right? I'm not just it's yeah, an excuse right. to get away from the pain. <laughs> Thanks for joining right, me it. again. Right. This has been the Charisma Quotient. Right. I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. Remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure you go to my site, seltzerstyle.com. And if you're looking for more support in your community, I have a little tough love myself to provide for all of you in your love life. So if that is what you're looking for and getting more support, check out my new Facebook private group. It's called the Love Makeover Insiders. And you'll click the link that you'll see in the show description. So anyway, stay tuned until next week with more tips and how to feel and look fabulous every day. <laughs>